0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Independent Dealer Podcast. Today, we have a previous guest coming back to join us and talk about his second location. Luke, who do we got?
1: We got my buddy and our buddy, Dan Real. We all know him. He's up in Ohio. He helped co-found the Independent Facebook Dealer page, so uh, he's opening up a second store, and we want to hear all about it.
0: Yep. Here we go. Welcome to the Independent Dealer Podcast, the podcast for auto dealers to learn and grow together. Here are your hosts, Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. Dan, thank you for joining us again. So excited to talk to you a little bit about some big happenings that are going on in your life right now. You are in the process of opening a second location, correct, Dan?
1: Correct. And thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being with us,
0: Dan. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, well, you probably do know Dan Real. He was on episode, I think it was 15. Um, Just a great owner-operator, and and I really want you to kind of help us go through the decision process and some of the logistics behind this second location, because I think so many of us dealers, you know, we kind of we always eyeball that, and I know we've had Eric Freeman on before talking about adding a second location and things like that but Dan is in the process right now so Dan tell us a little bit about you know what's your current location doing and in this second location and then we'll dive into some of the, the specifics
2: sure um, so our current location where we're in a um, we're in a really small town I mean we probably have 1500 people or so I don't know the exact number but it's a really low number of people in the town and we're you know five five to 10 miles away from the next town with 1,500 people. It's just an extremely desolate area, but we do very, we do very well considering those facts. I mean, we're, we're a retail-only dealership at this point, and we're, we're selling on average in the, the low 30s is a, a very safe number. Um, that new location, it's very close to my house. Uh, it's, in a, it's in a city called Chardon, and within five miles of Chardon, our population over there is going to be over 100,000 people. Um and it's a much um there's a lot better credit, there's a lot more money, it's a it's a big opportunity for me. So the reason I looked at that opportunity and is because of those reasons, but I'm gonna I'm I probably overcalculate um more than most people. Most entrepreneurs are kind of their slingshot guys, they just they run with it, you know. And I've looked at this opportunity of having a second store for for 10 years. And it's never been the right time. It's never been the right facility. It never and that, all that. It's gotta. It's gotta equal. Everything's gotta work out for me. I, I like. Mm. I like risk, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: so I, I just th- this opportunity for me. Uh, I, I like to run a lean, a lean business with my expenses, and and we do very well with that here at our first location. And the second location is gonna gonna mimic that without being lean. I, I was able to buy property that has revenue generating uh, tenants on it already as well so it's a larger parcel four acres so it's it's gonna be pretty lean operation too it'll it'll be retail sales it'll be larger than my current location by double uh, in inventory so it's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be some uh, some growing pains there but I, I, I truly look forward to it I've told myself for like the last 10 years as I've grown as a dealer and went from kind of being a boy to a to a young man, to now being a, a 41 year old man with gray hair, I've I've always said, you know, Orwell. As much as I love it, where our current location is, I always felt held back. Like I needed more. Like I love the rat race of life. I love going out and buying cars. I love dealing with people, and I can't I can't sit idle. So I think this opportunity is going to keep me keep me busy, and it's going to really test my potential.
1: You know, we're all going to take. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sure that, uh, Nicole loves hearing that, uh, that you're going to be, uh, you know, extra, extra busy now.
2: <laughs> you know what? And, and she's been so super supportive. And here's here's another thing that I had to sit back and I had to, I had, I had to look at what I do on an extracurricular basis. What, yeah. um, I, I'm on boards, um, mm-hmm. or I was on a bunch of boards. Uh, both with the automotive association, uh, auto dealers association, and then with nonprofits and you know different various uh, social clubs like Rotary, Rotary, you name it. You know, Dan, Dan, I was part of all that stuff. So mm-hmm. last year, I, I last year I told myself, pick pick one or pick two, put the rest mm-hmm. put the rest aside, because if I can't be a hundred percent all in with those, it's not fair to them and it's not fair to me. So I, I stepped away from a lot of stuff, which has freed up a lot of time for for family for events and uh obviously for business and to let me focus things as independent dealers we're we're very community-based people you know we're we're always sticking our necks out for donation, but we also we're on boards and we do everything else so i just had to tell myself hey step away from that stuff so she's been pretty good about it and uh, it's it's going well
1: that's super smart Dan, because you know yeah we have a hard time saying no a lot of times and we want to do right by the community that's, that's done us well. And, you know, you do kind of overcommit yourself at times and that's, that's a great piece of advice that you gave to maybe, you know, focus in on, on two things that, that are really important to you and, and do those hundred percent and that'll leave time for everything else.
0: Yeah. Yep, and that's, exactly. that, that's a good point. I mean, Dan, had you not freed yourself of those obligations, you may not have come across this opportunity was this land you said you you're buying this piece so it is a land play as well as a second location you're going to be building some value and some equity and some physical real estate was this was this something you had been searching for something it's closer to your home well it's about yeah, what 30 so minutes from your current location it's
2: 38 minutes uh, from store to store uh-huh. i actually uh and it's 4 4 minutes from my house okay so Oh, wow. i've been looking over the I've, I've been looking over the last um five years at different properties and none of them seemed to, to add up and this property it just it's popped up on the market and i got really really lucky it's four eight it's four acres it has a big building in the front and it has a service five-bay service garage in the back which that has a tenant on a lease a, a great service garage with a great reputation um so he he's paying he's paying uh a lease payment, which helps out with the overall expense of the property,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it's a it's when I seen this real estate sign pop up, it's the second uh, most trafficked intersect. I don't know if that's the word "trafficked" or <laughs> it. <a, laughs> I like it. That's of awesome word. It's the busiest. It's the second busiest intersection in the county, and. Wow. Um, so my current my current dealership gets two thousand three hundred cars per day. This one gets eighteen thousand cars per day, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy it. So I, wow. I bought it. Now the real estate in, in that this particular area where my where my new business will be, um, it's one of the, um, I, I hate the word wealthy, but it is one of the wealthier, higher tax areas in the state of Ohio. So mm-hmm. my the average the average income of my current um, operation household income is uh, just just under 70,000 whereas the new place the average household income is shy of just shy of 200,000 so you're talking a huge 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 difference Um, and now that I've kind of matured into a different uh, side of business with the retail and with the finance with the banks we have and all the different opportunities well I'm going to I'm gonna be right where I need to be, I think. I mean, it's a risk, don't get me wrong, it's a risk, but I'm really excited about the risk.
0: Did you have any hesitation? I I mean, everyone's trying to time the market just right. Do you feel like that was a hesitation for you? Like you're overpaying for the property or you didn't wanna do something where everything's so hyped up right now?
2: Um, No, actually that's one area that I did not really put a lot of thought into. This property it went on the market and I immediately made my offer. And I got really, really lucky on this particular piece of yeah. uh, property because because the gentleman that was selling it was in a land contract with the owner and he was he was he was in default, right? Mm-hmm. So he was he had to wow. he he had to pay he had to pay the whole thing off like next the month after I made my offer.
0: Ah, and
2: wow. he 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 had bought the property for two hundred thousand dollars more than I bought it for ten years ago. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. So really great. when, when I, when I went in with, I, I, when I went in with my offer, you know, he said no, but I mean, eventually he came back and said, yeah. Um, huh. So honestly, if my dealership doesn't do well, I am, I am very confident in the fact that that real estate is, is worth, I already know it's worth more than I paid for it. I know that mm-hmm. today. And then with the, with the vast improvements that I've already thrown into it and continue to put into it, the, the real estate itself is going to be worth substantially more than I paid for it. I mean, we're, that new location is that new location is in, in a highly built area where they're just continuing to build. You know, you, you got Home Depot and, and Walmart and a bunch of other big chain box stores that are three quarters of a mile away. You have tons of factories all over the place. Mm-hmm. You got uh, just thousands and thousands of $300,000 homes everywhere. It's not a bad area. It's, 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 I'm not going to lose money on
1: the real estate.
2: That, that's for sure.
1: So let's back up, Dan, to to your mm-hmm. decision. To so, I know you have owned a second store, and you've gotten your your current store. You think to it, I guess my, I got two questions here. Do you have your current store to the to the potential that you think it should be? I guess is, is the first question. And the second question is: is that the reason you branched out, or was the reason you branched out was I guess the real estate play or the the want to do that?
2: Okay, great, great questions. So my current location in Orwell, we've been here for 21 years and I do feel that I've maximized it. Is it running 100% efficient? No, but I don't think I've ever met a dealer that's 100% efficient and just streamlined. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen, but we are maximized. Like when I look at my last five, the five year trend of where we, where we were with our sales and, and we did continue to grow in gross sales, but that's because we continue to grow our value of the ACV of the car, right? So, mm-hmm. but when we look at, when we look at our profit, the profitability, we've we've trimmed it up. We've maintained a, a lean position and and had more net profit, but we have maximized this this area as as I think as best you can possibly get in a town of fifteen hundred to two thousand people. We really truly have, and the more that we're doing retail, the more we're taking those people out of the market too, right? So I mean, as I go down the road, I see I see my stickers everywhere. I, I I'm like, man, they're out of the market for forty eight months. They're out of the market for sixty months. <laughs> out of the, I'm like. right and when it's in a small town you're now i'm drawing from a much larger area and the people that we draw to our current location they're coming from the east they're coming from pennsylvania they're coming from a little bit south of us you know we i did the study of how many people are coming from where i live where the new store will be and year to date it's like four four or five sales right so when i when i put when I when I put my signs up in that new location, as as close as it seems physically, thirty-eight minutes away, I have old guys from the area go, What are you what are you putting up? I'm like, I'm putting up a second store for Reels Auto Sales, a dealership I own. Where's that? Orwell. where's Orwell? I'm like, Are are you are you kidding? <laughs> so that right there made me think, This is a great idea. You know what? These guys people don't even know where Orwell's at. That's the craziest thing about it. So um, but I do think we've, I think we've maximized it. I think my staff that we have right now here, if, if I'm gone for a week or two weeks or a month and I have been for conventions or for travel or whatever, these guys are running as good or better without me than with me here. So that, that right there is the best feeling ever. And that we find we finally have that. So that's a plus.
0: Well,
2: that's a good problem
0: to have. Yeah. Yeah, And that'd be my question, Dan is staffing wise, how do you plan on transitioning to the new store? Are you going to be overseeing it? Are you going to be moving a manager? I assume it's closer to your house, so it'll probably be yours. And then your old store will go to a manager or how have you geared up sales team and things like that?
2: We have started making some moves there. Um, our current location, um, we have people in place here already that will just step up roles. We're going to add another, another one or two employees to this location because we need them regardless. And then the the second location, Nicole, uh, my wife, who, thank God, she's in the business. She does so much stuff for us. Um, She's going to be there every single day. Um, Myself, I'll be obviously out buying cars, but I'll be managing that store. But I do have, I do have a couple people that we've already recruited uh, to bring on Um, very quality people. And we're excited to, to get get going. That that location is going to be a little different than our current store, where, there we don't own the the repair facility, right? So this mm-hmm. this one here, if you own a repair facility in the car business, you know the headaches that go with it. Um, that side's gonna that side is going to be retail sales only, you know. So it'll be a it'll so be a Dan, little, is you know, that, probably eight eight employees at that new place total.
1: Wow. So so if you're, is there a plan in the future for you to to take over the uh the repair facility there or to use it as recon or are you kind of comfortable with the person leasing it and, and doing it that way you know at this point it's in its infancy I'm, I'm
2: i'm very comfortable with the guy that's running this shop over there who knows he might ever he might listen to the podcast one day so i don't, I don't want to say anything bad but um <laughs> I did tell him straight up that I, you know, he's, he's, he's familiar after finding out who bought it, he did the research on us. And he's like, you, you want my, you want this garage, don't you? I go, listen, I, I go, I'm happy with you here. I go, if we could have a good working relationship, awesome. I go, but if, it, if I, it ends up being my service garage, I'm not mad either. I go, let's just hope and everything works out. So ultimately yeah. uh, it's, it's an open door there.
0: So are you going to be reconning at your old place for the new lot or is it correct? Correct. So your old location will be able to recon and supply enough vehicles for both the old place and the new place. So you're doing 30 at the old place. You're going to do another 50 or 60 at the new place.
2: Yes. And we're going to be able to, we'll be able to recon it. This year I was, I was right about to begin building my new service center in Orwell, which we're still going to build in the spring. It's going to uh, be a six, six bay building. Um, now we we are definitely without a doubt going to have to farm some workout um but that i'm okay with that idea too as long as it could be managed and it's still profitable to the business uh but i'm not going to farm out any big big jobs you know if it's a timing job or our and R on motor training which we hardly ever do anyway but if it's a big job i got guys for that but a lot of maintenance stuff Throwing out some rotors, doing belts, exhaust, whatever. I'll farm that to the guy behind me. I'll farm it to a couple other shops, but um, we're gonna recon everything here. So from, from auction house, private sale, whatever, however we acquire the inventory, it's gonna get, get lined up here, which we've tightened up that process drastically in the last year, um, and we're gonna continue to improve on that because that's a, that's a nightmare in any car business, but um, everything will get recon here and then shipped out to, the, to either location shared websites, uh, same name, same tax ID federally, all the banks are coming on board. So it's going to be a, it's not going to be a new, new up and coming operation. It'll just be literally taking a cookie cutter idea in business and moving it uh, to another address.
1: Are your, your car's going to be a little more expensive over there to, to kind of align with the, the clientele. Yeah. I will assume.
2: Absolutely. So in Orwell, I want to try to go back to basics where, um, and what I mean by back to basics is we started as a buyer payer. We went to CAC. From CAC, we started working with credit credit unions. From credit unions, we started getting into the bigger players, the national banks and the big lenders. Um, so the back to basics at Orwell, I want my ACB to be lower. Um, I want it to be you know seven seven to nineteen thousand dollars, where the new location is going to be more in the teens to the to the mid twenties and ACBs.
1: Yes. What is your, what do you figure? so let's talk about the building. What, what all goes into when you buy a building like you bought that needs recon, um, how do you decide, how, how do you decide what it's going to look like and how much you're going to spend and, and how are you going to set it up? Uh, that's, that's interesting to me.
2: That's a great question. I, when I bought the building, I knew that it was in dire need of repair. Um, pre- previous ownership, literally a month before I bought it was a daycare it was a daycare. Uh, how, how, how it was a daycare. I don't know because it was disgusting. (laughs) I filled up six roll off 40 yard roll off containers, just gutting the inside of the building out. Um, I, I don't want to say I have a gift, but I have this ability to see things as their finished products, which most, most car guys do when you're in the office and you see a car, you see a car, you know what you can do. So with this building, I saw it and I saw the potential know my wife she opened up the door she's like oh my god i gotta get the heck out of here i I can't even come (laughs) in this place but and then ask ask for budget that's 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 great i mean we did sit down we talked about hey this is how many dollars we're going to spend on this building which is substantial um but that budget is just to get us open right there's going to be additional there's going to be additional stuff as you get open i want to get it to a point where it fits the area like when you go into a higher income area, you can't just slap the doors open and call it a day. You have to be able to accommodate the people of those incomes and those credits and their expectations, you know? So it's, it's a massive, it's a massive undertaking, but we are um, about 45 to 50 days into owning this property and we are way ahead of schedule. We're within budget still. I have uh, the luxury of, taking a lot of my Amish uh, contacts out here in the country to that area and do the work for me. So it saved me a ton of money where people would give me quotes for quotes for windows for 12 or 13,000. The Amish guys would do all that same exact work with the same quality window and do it for five grand. You know, it's like (laughs) I've been able to, I've I've been able to cut so many corners and dollars off our budget, just using resources from the the lower income area. You could, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it does. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, Dan, so the, the next question that, I, that I've got in my brain is, all right, so you you got the new location, and let's say you're going to have to have 50 cars for that location, plus you still need cars in Orwell. How are you approaching your buy-in right now that, that makes sense so that when it's time to, to open that day that you have the cars you need? So what I'm doing
2: right now, actually, is kind of preparing myself for that. We – We plan on having a grand opening in April, but we're probably gonna open to the public, hopefully in January. Um, What I've started doing is just boosting up my inventory a little abnormally higher than I would just at a single location. So when I'm going out buying cars now, instead of buying say 10 this week, I'm gonna try to buy 20, 25 this week. Um, And I'm just building up my inventory now to be able to transfer 20, 30 when the doors open and then just supply another 15 to 20 on top of that. you know. So, I, I've I've started that process now. Um, now, maintaining the 80 car inventory that I'm going to need, or 90 car inventory between two stores at a minimum, that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of preparation. Which uh, I think that might that will single-handedly be my biggest uh, obstacle. I think in this business. Oh, sure. Now, there's inventory. Sure. There's inventory out there everywhere, but you can't overpay for it. So uh, that's that's one thing that I need to continue to grow um we could all go out and buy 100 cars today but you're going to overpay for them so we just gotta i gotta figure out ways to uh get the inventory efficiently for both stores
1: are you going to still be the the only buyer for that many cars
2: (sighs) i want to say yes um i love i i I love it. That's my favorite part about the business is buying cars. There's no, nothing, and you guys probably can agree with agree with me. I love buying cars, man. Um, I, I want to say yes, but will I have to hire a or buyer or broker or something? I, I, there's a very good chance. I mean, it, as you grow, you're going to have to delegate something and not micromanage every position, but that's a, the most important position in our business. If I If I have to be the buyer, I'll be the buyer. If I got if I got people that could sell better than me, that could finance better than me, and service better than me, then I don't need to do those jobs. I just got to pay them to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. So like my I, my I got a sales guy at my my first location. He'll he outsell me all day long. I, you know when it comes to finances, it, there's guys that are better than me at finance. Um, so I don't have to do everybody's job. I just got to do one job really damn good, and hopefully that's buying.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's just just that's a lot of work. Oh. <laughs> um, it is. But, I, I, but
2: I'm gonna call. I I'm gonna call my
0: it.
1: friends.
2: I'm gonna call my friends in the Carolinas and tell them to ship me off a truckload and
0: <laughs> mail them a check. Straight from Florida.
2: Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll yeah, I'll handle it for you, buddy.
2: That's right. I don't think I need to get oh, to go to to Orlando. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh God,
1: he, he would yeah. he would rather be there every week. Yeah.
0: Truck them all oh, up yeah. there. Well, Dan, I, we, we really, really, really appreciate your time. This is going to be fun. We're going to have to check in with you in a couple months, see how things are going, how the grand opening is, and how the traffic is looking for you. I think this is going to be really cool if we can, you know, if you allow us to kind of peek in every so often and, and track your success, I think it helps Absolutely. any of us dealers that are looking at it or maybe thinking about it, you know, helps us see those kind of hurdles or things that we need to be sure that we've calculated and that we're being aware of. You know absolutely I, it I look forward to that it yeah
2: i, I true I truly look forward to you guys checking in and honestly i i as excited as i am i'm I'm equally as nervous and if mm-hmm. I wasn't nervous yeah. I'd be dumb. I, I'd be stupid right um, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot there's a lot on the line when you open a second store you know I have a uh, tw- in my twenty group three people have uh, second locations, two of us are opening a second location at the same time Eddie from our uh, twenty group and myself right so I, I see the risk. I see the risk because you have a marketing, branding, and reviews that are so good over twenty years that you're putting yourself on the line now to to kind of spread yourself thin potentially. So trust me, I'm nervous, but I'm gonna work my butt off and I, I I'm gonna hope for the best and we'll see what
1: happens, you know. Well, Dan, I think I, I think you know, don't sell yourself short, you're a very good operator and I believe that you uh you can do it. So if anybody if anybody can yeah. do it, it's you buddy.
2: I appreciate it. That's that's that's,
1: that's, you're putting a lot on my shoulders, but I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Awesome, Dan. Thanks for your time.
2: (laughs) Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye.